0: Going through a, a series recently, and uh, we're still in that series. We've been talking about what it means to follow Jesus, uh, to follow Him, Arumiyamai, to follow Jesus. What does that look like to be a disciple? And each week we've been looking at different aspects of that. And so today we're just going to be carrying on with that. What I want to talk to you about today is uh, about disciples who carry good news. Uh, disciples who are good news and uh, not just about, um, yeah, no, we'll talk about that later on, but uh, yeah, not always are Jesus' so-called disciples known for good news, but actually the, what Jesus intends is that we not only know the good news, but we live the good news, we are good news, and that's what I want to talk about today. So a disciple is uh, someone who follows Jesus. Uh, someone who learns from Jesus, who over time becomes more and more like Jesus. So we really should be works in progress. The day you come to Jesus, the day you become a Christian not the day it's all sorted. In one sense it is, you're right with God. But then there's a process of we are disciples who increasingly learn to what it means to follow him. And Jesus wants us to do that. Jesus uh, said this, he said, a student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like the teacher. So if we're disciples of Jesus, he is our teacher, he is our rabbi, he's the one we follow and learn from, and in a very real sense we will never be greater than him, but over time we should be more like him, and there should be something in our character, something in our demeanour, something about How we live our life should look more like Jesus. And I don't know about you, but the more I read about Jesus, the more I get to know him, the more I want to be like him anyway. He's so attractive in every way. He shows us who God is. He's the perfect one. He's wonderful. And so we can learn, we might not, be, uh, possibly, it might not be greater than him, but we can become like him, which is really part of the good news. It's part of the power of the gospel. When you come to know him, you don't just accept a set of beliefs. The power of the risen Jesus comes and lives inside of you. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. You become a different person. Hallelujah. You may have heard the expression, like father, like son. You know, and uh, you oh, like mother, like daughter, I guess. It works both ways. And there's kind of, there's a, it's talking about, there's a similarity. There's a kind of something that you recognise. It could be mannerisms, it could be you sound like, um, you know, but like father, like son. So, for instance, um, poor Joe, my son, he can answer the phone and uh, someone can go, hi, Phil, and carry on the conversation and Joe's going, ah. ah. And after about five minutes, he goes, it's Joe. Do you want to speak to Phil? <laughs> so he sounds like like me in some respects. Now, funny thing is, nobody's ever said to me when I sing, you sound like Joe. <laughs> so, but there we go. It doesn't work both ways. It doesn't say like son, like father, does it? So there we go. But listen, when I glance in the mirror, oh, my word. The amount of times it's the glance, it's the look, it's the expression in my face, I'm thinking I've seen that before 30 years ago in my own dad and as I grew up people kept saying to me uh, you look like your dad, you're so like your dad and I'm like I don't nothing like him at all but what I've realized is that On my wedding day, right, on my wedding day, everyone says, you like your dad. I'm like, no, I'm not, until I look at my dad's wedding day. And I have this sort of smudge of moustache. And then I look at my dad's wedding photo, and he did too. I'm like, what's that about? When I look at photos of me cradling our first child, and I'm thinking, you know, oh, yeah, that's me. Then I look at my dad at that age. And so what I see is like father, like son, seems to happen, uh, for better, for worse. Sometimes I hear myself talking, and this isn't so good. You think the things that you did hear, you thought, I'd never be like that. I'll never say that sort of thing. I'll never treat my family, or i would never do that. And you think, I sound exactly like what I said I'd never sound like. Like father, like son. The question is what about Jesus? Well, in Jesus' case, it's exactly true. Like father, like son. You've got it right there, spitting image of the father. So you, you hear in Hebrews 1, it says, the son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being. He's right there. And then Jesus says, anyone who's seen my father or anyone who's seen me has seen my father. In other words, if you want to know what God's really like, look at Jesus, spitting image, like father, like son. But you don't hear the expression, like teacher, like student, do you? You don't really hear that. And yet that's kind of what Jesus said in that verse. A student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. kind of doesn't work in our culture, I think maybe because we tend to do, uh, sort of academically, that's the way we tend to study. That's the way we're students. And, uh, you know, these days it seems to be, well, you could become like your teacher. You could become greater than your teacher. Either Google and, you know, you can do whatever you like. You can, you can research beyond where your teacher is. But back in the culture of the day, there was no Google the rabbi was your google he was the authority he was the one who was the expert in his field and so you would pick your rabbi to be like that rabbi there was a sense in which whatever they had you wanted to get hold of so being a disciple when the bible talks about us being a disciple it's not so much talking about well, it's not talking about getting an academic qualification it's not about study though it's useful to study the word of God we love doing that but what it's about what discipleship is like is more like apprenticeship it's like you come alongside you do life together you watch you learn you see how the rabbi works you see what he's like in different situations and then you copy you learn from you start to do the same thing So Jesus, you know, he takes 12 disciples, but then after a while he goes, now you go and do the stuff. You go and imitate me. You've learned from the rabbi, now pass it on. That's kind of what Jesus is saying. And it says in Mark uh, 3, verse 14, and we'll come back to that um, in in a little while, but what he says, it it says that he chose his 12 that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach and have authority over demons. A disciple, as I say, hangs around with the rabbi, catches the rabbi's heart, learns his ways, learns his teaching. And only then, when they've learnt his ways, do they then, are they then able to impart those teachings to others. So, if we... disciples of jesus let's imagine for a moment what is it like to hang around jesus what's it like to be a follower of jesus what was it like for these guys what is it like for us so first of all let's have a look at what is this rabbi like well the first thing to say is jesus is good news jesus absolutely is good news yes he may have caught a bit of a stir when he was on earth Uh, He was very radical. He said some stuff that called a spade a spade, upset people in the process. But man, was he good news. When he came to villages and towns, people flocked to see him. This is how the ordinary people, well, the ordinary people flocked around him. This is how John, the gospel writer, introduces Jesus. John 1 verse 10 says, He came into the world he created. All of a sudden, you're like this extraordinary man created the world, comes into the world. It's like, oh, that's our rabbi. Then it says in verse 12, to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. That's good news. You want to know who you are. There's so many lost people out there who don't know who they are. Jesus knows who he is and says, I can make you children of God. I can give you new destiny, new identity. I can show you who you're really meant to be. Absolutely staggering. Jesus is good news. It says in verse 14, this is just trucking through a few verses in John 1. And it says, He was full of unfailing love, and faithfulness. Other versions say it was full of grace and truth. Jesus was good to be around. He was good news. And then verse 18, a few verses later, the the one and only son is near to the father's heart and he's revealed God to us. I don't know about you, but we are called to apprentice against this rabbi. The one who is good news. The one who, you know, people flocks around him. You know, you discover, you want to know what God's like? Be around Jesus. He'll show you the Father. Yeah. He's full of grace and truth. It wasn't a real sort of attractive title at the time, but he, he was called friend of sinners. The one who loved people who were broken and messed up. Because he came to heal them and restore them. You didn't have to be around this rabbi long before he showed amazing compassion and inclusiveness. Those that society trashed and held on the outside and thought were not worthy. Jesus included them in amazing kindness. You see in this rabbi massive authority. He can control wind and weather. He he has authority over sickness. Listen, he can heal you this morning. He can heal you right now. Whatever situation, he can come and do that right now. You see, Jesus is the one who heals. He's the one who restores the brokenhearted, the messed up. He restores them. He's the restorer, the forgiver, the healer. He's the saviour. Jesus is good news. You can't point to anything in Jesus and say that he wasn't bad news at all. He's good news. And he calls us to follow him. He calls us to carry his goodness and to become like him. In fact, he says to you and me today, I want you to be my apprentice. I want you to walk alongside me. I want you to rub shoulders with me. I want you to catch my heart because I've got something that can give the world hope and good news. And I want a whole army of people who carry good news. I want you to apprentice me. Will you follow Jesus? So what did it look like to follow him? What did Jesus mean when he invited us uh, to follow him or when he invited his disciples to follow him? And this is where I want to talk, the main part of the, what I want to talk about this morning is he called us to be disciples who carry good news. When Jesus chose his 12 In Mark 3, it says that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and have authority to drive out demons. See, being a disciple of Jesus involved two things, and it involves two things now. It involves being with him, and it involves being sent out by him. It involves those two things. You can't get away from it. A disciple had to be around the rabbi. Had to have that relationship, that connection, that close connection with. Live with, be with, learn his way, catch his heart. When you caught his heart, when you could represent him, when you, then you were like your teacher. Because what was in you represented your rabbi. And Jesus says, I want you to be with me so I can send you out to be me to the world. Often the world see Christians as carriers of bad news. That's not the way Jesus intended it at all. And we've got to change the music around here. Jesus wants his believers, his followers to be carriers of good news. And just like Jesus coming into town is great news, so When the church shines forth the likeness of Jesus, good news is heard. Absolute good news is heard. So how do we become good news? How do we become those carriers of good news? Well, it's those two things. And that's what I want to talk about. We need to be with him, first of all. Let's talk about that. What does it mean to be with him? You see, Jesus, that's how discipleship works. It's how it works. It's not go to a classroom. It's be with the rabbi. Be with him. That's how you catch his love. That's how you catch his heart. That's how you learn his ways. Yes, you can read the Bible, but I'm talking more about that, more about reading, but being with the one who it talks about. Being with him, catching his heart. It's learning to watch him, taste what his heart, you know, catch his heart, taste what it's like to be around Jesus, taste what it's like for people to meet Jesus. That's what he's saying, I want to apprentice you so you can be like that. It's learning to live in the security that the Son of God lived in. And he gave us the right to become children of God. So it's learning to live as a son or daughter, knowing who you are, being secure in that, knowing that he loves you as he loves his one and only son. He loves all his children the same. Trouble is, I can't physically be with Jesus. I can't physically follow Jesus. He's not here physically. How do I be with Jesus? And this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. It's wonderful we can know the presence of God with us. We spend time in his presence. You know, if a disciple hung around with Jesus, you and I need to hang around with Jesus, be in his presence. Praying, yes. Just being aware that he's with you. When you read the word, just let it Wash over you. Let it become the living and active word that it is. Let Jesus be alive with you. Soak in his presence. When it talks about the love of God, marinate in it until you are drunk with knowing that God loves you. Get it right into your heart because when you get it in your heart, you know. You know. It's growing in his love. It's tasting his love. It's learning all you can. Absolutely, reading the Bible. You know, I love reading the Gospels. You know I do. The rest of the Word of God, absolutely great. I love the Gospels. Why? Because it gets me walking with Jesus and showing me the Father's heart. That's why the Gospels, for me, are so important. It shows me the one I'm following, helps me to walk with him, and shows me God. God. So learn all you can about him. Read this thing. It's awesome. It is the word of God, but it's more than the word of God. Don't do what the Pharisees did, study it and get a diploma in it. Get to know the God of the Bible. Get to know him. Jesus wants you to be with him. Last time when I spoke, I spoke on becoming a disciple who Jesus loves and being secure in that and knowing The outrageous love that Jesus has for you. It's tasting his love. It's experiencing his love. It's resting in his love. It's being okay that he loves me. And even in my brokenness, even in my, I'm a work in progress. If you knew what I was like, yeah, he loves me right now. He loves me and he's at work in me and he's committed to me. You see, some of us can be very driven always driving to do stuff, to get noticed, driving to either be noticed or to please God or to try to do enough. Listen, there are examples in the Bible. Mary and Martha, we're old Martha, (laughs) so caught up with activity and serving, she missed the importance, the value of being with Jesus. She missed that. Now, yes, she used her serving to honour Jesus, and there's a whole sermon in there, which we won't go to now. But then there's Mary, who learned what it was to be a disciple. Actually, physically, disciples sat at the feet of their teacher. And we find when Martha's around, busy and getting the meal ready, serving, 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 forgetting the value, not realising the value of just being with Jesus, Mary sitting at his feet, hanging on every word. She's with him. If you're like, she's busy, but she's busy being with him. <laughs> now, we've said before in this series, it's doing is not wrong. Doing is an essential part of discipleship. You've got to put your faith into action. But doing comes out of being first. Being with him. Being with him. There's no shortcut on this. There's no shortcut at all. Jesus said this, he said, freely you have received, so freely give. Before we have anything to give, we need to receive first. That's what we need to do. If we haven't received, you can't give. If you haven't got, you've got nothing to give. But if you know how much he loves you, because you've been with him, you've got his love to share. It makes all the difference. You see, it's about being with him, filling your tank, if you like. It's receiving from him, enjoying being the disciple that Jesus loves. There was a while back we, um we first started going out on the streets, and it was all very scary for us. And I remember going down into Wellington and uh, saw this guy sitting on a bench, went and chatted to him, a really nice guy. We were chatting away had a wonderful opportunity to share the gospel with him and uh, really receptive, really talking about it and then just sort of asked him, um, well, what would stop him right now from wanting to follow Jesus? And this guy was so honest. I, I, I really loved him, eh? He just said, I can't because if I said yes to Jesus, I'd be a hypocrite. I said, what do you mean? He said, because, and then he started sharing about his lifestyle and what he was into, and what he loved. And he said, so if I follow Jesus, I'd have to give that up. I hadn't told him that. He said, I'd have to give that up. And he says, right now I'm not ready to, but I like what you're saying. And it was one of those moments where, do you judge him? No, you don't judge him. You love him. And I remember just feeling this. He was so real and honest, this guy, so gentle, so wonderful. I said, can I pray with you? prayed with him, that God would know, that God would show him how much he was loved, just how much he was loved, how much Jesus had done for him, how much Jesus wanted to embrace him and come into a relationship with him. We left that situation. It wasn't an angry situation at all. We shook hands warmly. He thanked me so much for sharing. Listen, it's good news. Hmm. I wasn't sharing bad news. I was sharing good news. Now, he, at that time, chose to walk away. But it's good news. Why is it so often Christians come over cold, harsh, dry, judgmental? Those are words that when you hear it, you're like, ah, 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 really? Is that how we come across? Why is it? I just want to ask this question. Could it be that our tank is dry, that we've forgotten how much he loves us and how much mercy he's had on us? I know that I'm at my best when I'm conscious that I need his mercy and I'm receiving his mercy. I'm at my best. I'm totally at my best. But when I'm dry, I'm dry, man. And I'm no good. That's probably the days where people feel the judgment. They feel the harshness. They don't feel the tenderness from me. Jesus says, I want you to be with me. Fill your tank. Learn from me. Be around me. Catch my heart. And he wants us to be with him so that the second part is that we can be sent out by him. That's not the optional extra of discipleship. It's not sit around with him and forget the second half. Actually, Jesus was really happy to send out incomplete disciples. Disciples who still got cocky, who still got judgmental at times who just really sort of blew it at sometimes and just badly failed. Jesus was happy with that. He was okay. He just kept loving them. Yeah, once or twice he said, "How long do I need to put up with you guys?" But has he never said that to you with love and then with a smile and then come alongside to pick you up? Jesus wants to send him out, send us out. You see, it's part of discipleship that you Go and represent him. You go and represent him. When he called you to follow him, he says, you represent me. You need to be with me. You need to catch my heart. You go and represent me. You bring my change into the world through being with me. It's showing people his heart. That's why when people bump into you, they should feel, experience, know the love of God the mercy of God, the patience of God, and every part of our character that doesn't line up with the character of Jesus, let's submit it to him. Let's sit at his feet and ask him to do a job on us so that we carry his life and his light wherever we go. You see, it's about being full of grace and truth because the rabbi is. It's being full of compassion. It's looking out for those that others walk by on the other side of the road. But Jesus doesn't ignore, so his followers don't. They're full of compassion. They're full of courage, full of grace, truth. They're inclusive. They're forgiving. They don't hold grudges. The people who look like Jesus, carriers of good news, sent out by him. When Jesus sends his disciples out, he sends them out to notice people, not ignore people to value people, to listen to them, to show them respect, to love them all as image bearers of God, and yet who are badly broken and don't realise they bear his image. He sends us out with compassion. He sends his disciples out to demonstrate that compassion and love, to step out in courage, to heal the sick, to carry good news, to be good news. Good news in the workplace. Someone's following Jesus and actually looks like him. I know in Joe's case, that's pretty close. But uh, I'm talking about in character and it's just like, oh, man. Jesus wants us to be good news. It's not about waiting till you're perfect. It's presenting yourself as you are, getting to know you are a disciple who Jesus loves. And knowing you are loved by him. You can walk into situations knowing I'm incomplete, I'm shy, I feel lack of courage, but he's with me and I can show his love. It was um, just recently um, I uh, I noticed a lady hadn't been in a, a coffee shop uh, for a week or so. And um, I learned that she'd had a, a bit of an accident, a bit of a fall, nasty fall, actually. So when I saw her, it was just good to catch up again and to see how she was doing. And and uh, so I said, look, can I pray for you? Because clearly she was still in pain. And uh, so she was like a little bit coy at first, but I prayed with her before and others have as well. So she was like, Okay, there was no one else around. She puts her hands up on the on the on the sort of countertop there. And so I just grab her hands, put her hands in my hands. And I just ask for the love of God to bathe her, mm. for the presence of God to come. And I ask for her to be healed in Jesus' name for all pain to go. But I ask that she would experience God's presence. Mm. And um I'd love to say that the pain went, it didn't, but I tell you this, at the end when we prayed, her eyes were filled with tears. She said, I've just met love. And I thought, man, if you and I can have encounters where people meet love, where that's what they find first when they bump into a believer, I'm like, tick, that's discipleship, that's being a follower when people can bump into and what they experience is love like they haven't touched anywhere else. And she was overwhelmed. She said, I I just feel so loved. She she was like really embarrassed about it. I was thrilled about it. (laughs) Because I know what it is to be touched by love. You see, it's learning to, as Jesus says, remain in my love. Learning to keep your tank full. Now do I always keep my tank full? No. That's why I'm talking about this, because I'm learning too. My prayer is that everyone that we encounter, wouldn't it be awesome? Let's say there's 150 of us here. If there were 150 encounters this week where people met with love, the love of him, because they bumped into us. Wow. How often are we aware of carrying his love now I know for me a key for me is to is to keep my tank full is to remain consciously in his love it's remembering that I'm a disciple who is loved and it's remembering how much mercy I've received it's learning to remember that I'm I'm a son who who the father loves and I can't do anything about that to make him love me more or less because he loves me as he loves Jesus It's the same for you. And when you know that, when you remain in his love, it's remembering... Another key for me is remembering how much grace I have received and need to receive. Because when you know that you're a grace receiver and in need of grace, you're so much more tender towards other people because you share things with humility. You actually don't then tell someone the good news you come alongside and you share good news because we know what we've been through and I know I'm not all there. And so when you know you're not all there, well, we can share grace. Yeah. It's, it's just, go and do. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> yeah. receive his love. <laughs> 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 so what we need to do, guys, is receive his love and be prepared to give it away. His love is for you, but his love's to spill out. The tank's always meant to be full and overflowing. It's not like, oh, my tank's draining. No, 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 tank's full and overflowing. Oh, if I give it away, I'll empty it. No, 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 he keeps it full, we overflow. Let's stand, shall we? Earlier I was um, feeling that uh, maybe there's some situations God wants to heal. So I'll just throw out a couple of things there. And if I'm wrong, that's, I'm wrong. And if I've got it right, then God wants to heal you. And um, so I was uh, feeling that maybe someone has a uh, a, a, wrist, a left wrist. that Well, everyone's got a left wrist, I so get that. But no, a left wrist that is that's, that's in pain or it's sprained. Is, anyone, is that anyone here? There's one there. Okay, anyone else? Okay. We'll pray for you in just a second. Oh, there's another one over here? Okay. Okay. The other one was, um, I thought there was like a, a headache, behi- but I felt it was behind the eyes. A headache behind the eyes? Anyone got a headache behind the eyes? could be behind the eyebrows, but it's, it was... Okay, we will pray for you. So good to have you with us this morning. So glad we bumped into each other at the market yesterday, eh? Because Jesus can come and bring healing to you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just receive his love. We will sing. And in a moment, I'd love for people to... um, Has anyone else got a word of knowledge, by the way? Does Jesus want to heal anything else today? Left elbow. elbow. Pain in the left elbow? Hmm? Pain. Pain in the left elbow. Who's that? you need to tap Lawrence on the shoulder if that's you anyone else any other words okay we'll pray and just a minute. we'll sing but let's just receive his love come on let's receive his love father we thank you that you are the giver of all good things and we want to be those who are very very good at being with you very good at receiving your love very good at catching your heart father we're we're disciples come on us In Jesus' name, draw us, soak us in your love and let us be very good at giving it away. Lord Jesus, we want to represent you faithfully. We want to diminish. We want to get out of the way. We don't want our flaws and stuff to get in the way. We want your love to shine through. So come on us in Jesus' name. Come on us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus.